Welcome to the Conference of Consulting Actuaries Leadership Development Podcast. This podcast is designed to provide actuaries with leadership skill development through thoughtful and engaging interviews from leaders within the profession. Tune in to gain new insights that will help you as you look to develop or refine your leadership skills and become a more successful professional. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our Conference of Consulting Actuaries Leadership Development Interview Series. My name is Michael Clark. I'm the host of the podcast, Managing Director at Agilis, based in Denver, Colorado. My guest on today's podcast is Melissa Chaco. Melissa is the Deputy Chief Actuary at the New York City Office of the Actuary. Her career has spanned positions in international consulting, health, as well as retirement. Uh, a couple of other interesting tidbits about Melissa. So Melissa and I actually got to know each other when we were both uh, board members with the uh, CCA. She's originally from Montreal, Canada. Um, and in case you're really curious, her Myers-Briggs type is an INFJ, which funny enough is something that Melissa and I talk about at length, um, both because we're both interested in it. Um, our, our two personality types tend to be the least compatible when you look at Myers-Briggs type, which is also funny because it's also the, uh, the personality type of my wife, and yet somehow we still manage to make it work. So I love talking to Melissa. It's, it, we always have a good time. So Melissa, welcome to our to the uh, Leadership Development Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Melissa, I mentioned a little bit about your background that you've you've had positions covering a lot of different areas of consulting work, international health, retirement. I think it would be I think people would find it interesting to get your take on um, on your career path. So, right. So I started my career in global consulting. I graduated and then I just needed a job. So this was the job that I got and I didn't know what it was. I just kind of tried my best. I failed many times. Um, you know, I really didn't understand a lot of the concepts and things like this, but, you know, I just continued to try. And then one day it all kind of clicked. Um, I think it was during a special calculation, like a settlement or something like this, where we had to roll forward liabilities. And then, you know, then I was like, oh, that's how liabilities move. So it was like very interesting to me that, you know, kind of clicked at one point. Um, so I did global consulting for about eight years. And then at that time I was doing my FSA in U.S. retirement. So I had to do EA exams. And luckily when I was at Buck, I was given opportunities to work in U.S. retirement. So I worked with single employer and also multi-employer pension plans. And, um, like I said, it was because I wanted some, uh, experience and, you know, wanted the chance to apply what I learned, um, into the actual work that we do. Uh, and then, you know, at one point I decided that, you know, maybe it was like time to change again. And I uh, started in the health group. And then with the health group is where I joined the NICOA team. And I worked as a health consultant on that team for about five years, and which is how I met the great OA folks. And, um, and then finally I was recruited. So I've been at the OA for about two years now as the deputy chief. So you went from international consulting to retirement consulting to health consulting, back to retirement consulting, but kind of in an in-house position with the Office of the Actuary. Right. And actually, I do work on retiree medical here. So I'm one of the signing actuaries, which is oh, so kind you, of interesting. You can, 
you get to yeah you get to do a little bit of it uh, of everything with your role there at the uh, at the yeah. office of the actuary um mm -hmm. i want to go back to something you said when you were talking about your first foray into international consulting and you said that you failed a bunch what do you mean that you failed like how does somebody fail at 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 international consulting well i think that you know when you when you grad when i graduated i was very much just like a student i feel like i'm still a student and we can like even talk about that a bit later on, but, you know, in terms of failing, I felt like I, I wasn't as doing as well as I had expected, you know, so maybe it was like a failure on my end, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't understanding concepts, like what does a local actuary mean? No one ever told me what that means. It just means like an actuary locally, wherever they are, you know? Like we could be local actuaries to someone in Switzerland. They're locally placed. Like it didn't, I didn't understand the concept. And, you know, but eventually because there were so many moving pieces, it all kind of came together. But yeah, I had to fail. Like drafting emails was so impossible for me. And uh, communicating, I was, I didn't even, I, I couldn't even follow what was happening sometimes, you know, but I guess with persistence, you know, it just kind of came together. How how has that influenced the rest of your career? I mean, that I, I that's a really interesting takeaway because I think we all experience that to some level when we start out in in the profession. Is that there's a lot of things that we're like, I have no idea what people are talking about. Um, how has that changed the way that maybe you work with more junior colleagues? So. I feel like it's changed the way that I work with myself and with others. So with myself, I kind of give myself a bit of a grace period and also some understanding that it's not always so direct and obvious, you know, it kind of takes a bit of thinking and uh, studying to really grasp a concept, you know? So, and what I kind of try to do with the folks that I work with is something that I didn't always get. Sometimes I did luckily, but I didn't always get the type of situation where you sit down with someone and they show you how a calculation works, what it all means. I kind of had to learn it on my own at times. Sometimes, you know, people did sit down with me and talk me through things, but a lot of it was self-study. But I think that self-study is so important because it's that, for me, in my view, that's how you really hold on to a concept and fully understand it in your own terms. And that's how you can like then communicate it and share it with other people. So that's what I kind of do with the the new folks. You know, we just had some new hires start here and, you know, I prepared like a, an introduction. This is the thing that we do. And I know it's a lot of information at the beginning, but, you know, it'll all come together eventually. So it was a lot of encouragement and, um, you know, trying to inspire them that, you know, it's a lot right now and that's completely understandable and you will, you will get it eventually. So, so it's, it's a kind of like a cross between like handholding and also giving them the independence to learn a little bit, because for me, it was basically like sink or swim, you know, and I was like, uh -huh. I'm not going to sink, you know, but that's, Luckily, that's good though. So you, yeah, so you give them some guiding principles and some, so maybe overarching mm -hmm. view, but then you, the, there's still room for them to figure things out on their own. That's right. And I do tell them that too. I say, did you try to figure it out? You know, and sometimes they'll come to me straight, like without trying. And I, and I just kind of say, okay, go back and try again, just try again, you know? And, you know, now I'm seeing some people that had just joined in January, like, finding my mistakes, you know, and I'm like, so proud of them. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Let's let's talk for a couple of minutes about just the switching practice areas because you've done that now a, a couple of times. Why did you end up switching practice areas in the first place, and uh, um, and what have you learned from that process? Right. So I had been doing global consulting for eight years, and so by you know I was I was like I was saying I was failing at the beginning, but eventually it all kind of came together. And I think after that amount of time, I'd mastered a lot of the concepts and it became kind of repetitive. And also at that time, the it was hard for me to connect with people because in my group specifically, because we were kind of dispersed all over the US. There was just one other person in the New York office. And, you know, coming to work was like not so much fun because it was just straight work and, you know, and then you go home. So, and I found myself making friends with people in U.S. retirement and the OPEP group and, you know, things like that. So, you know, and then I also heard that there was a need in the OPEP group. So it was kind of, you know, the, it kind of just presented itself as an opportunity for me to join that group. But I still met with uh, one of the the leads there. His name was Pete Ford, who became my manager. Uh, and I, you know, I just like knocked on his door and I, I sold myself. I had to tell him, you know, like, I'm, I'm a, a fast learner. I will work really hard. I, you know, look at my track record. You know, I really had to sell myself, even though it was internal and it was so informal, but I still took it very seriously. So then I joined the OPEP group and my peers were, you know, like my age, we would joke around, we would work really hard. We'd be able to ask each other questions or help each other. And I just really liked that environment. So environment is very important for me. And then, you know, the fact that I left Buck to come to the office of the actuary, I also felt like it was the right transition and the time to, to move on. Um, because a lot of what I do goes back to actuarial principles. And I really enjoy that. And I didn't get as much as that, uh, much of that when I was at Buck towards the end. Interesting. So, Did you, when, you when you were switching, going from international to retirement, healthcare, now back to retirement, did you find it limiting it all, making those changes, or did you have to take a step back? I mean, we normally, you know, you, you gain all this knowledge, you kind of progress in your roles and responsibilities in a team, but part of that's based on the, the subject matter knowledge that you gather along the way. So going from one practice area to another, did you end up having to take a step back at all? And how did you deal with that? So, you know, I stayed within the realm of, um, like pension type of thing. So a lot of the concepts, like the fundamental valuing a liability is very similar. So, you know, there's definitely specifics to OPEB that are different from multi-employer from US retirement, but I, and global actuarial stuff. But I think because I, I worked so hard at getting the fundamental stuff down adding to that plate wasn't so difficult. I mean, it was difficult in the, in the sense of, you know, learning the specifics and the details of things and, and um, you know, kind of keeping it in my head and retaining it was a challenge, but I felt like I had a, a head start because of the experiences that I gained in U.S. retirement and global. I, you know, to me, it, it seems very daunting. And I've, I've had other friends and colleagues that have switched practice areas after they've had years of experience in one area. And, and my, I mean, my hat's off to people that can do that. It scares me to death um, yeah. to think about doing that. Uh, but uh, I mean, it sounds like you wouldn't have a problem recommending that somebody consider that if it was a route that they felt like they wanted to pursue. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, it's important to try different things. Um, inertia is very strong. You know, I like to challenge myself. But, you know, a lot of times when I made moves, it wasn't really uh, premeditated. Like, it kind of just happened. And then it was like later on, kind of like, what did I just do? You know? <laughs> and <laughs> so it wasn't so easy you know, I'm making it seem like it was super easy, but like, you know, I still struggled. I had to put in a lot of hours to, to seem like I knew what I was talking about because I wanted to come off as someone who knew what they were talking about. So I really worked at it. And, you know, I was talking about how, when I graduated, I was still a student working and I still feel like a student, you know, because when I came to the office of the actuary, I had to learn all the New York City pension plans. And, you know, there are a lot of pension plans and I'm still learning every day. And I meet people that have been here for 25 years and they're still learning. So, you know, that's kind of just what I do. I kind of, I just try to learn as best as I can. So that was something that, that you and I talked about a lot preparing for uh, for this podcast. And that experience that you gained from switching practice areas really brought that uh uh, kind of passion for learning out. Um, how, how do you make time to learn? I mean, because we're not talking about like having to learn like a small thing. I mean, you, you mentioned even at the office of the actuary, you're you're still having to learn all the intricacies of all these different plans that that you work on. How do you how do you make the time for that? You know, I don't really know. I just maybe <laughs> it's because I kind of set out a plan, and then I slowly go through that plan and adjust as needed. I really think that towards the end of my studying days, um, I really felt like I, I mastered how to study. And so I just kind of continued on using that type of model in all the different things that I did. So really going back to basics is the first thing that I did, finding similarities, finding patterns, um, you know, looking at multiple reports, comparing them, writing my notes and studying my own notes, you know, that's kind of what I would do. I, I was really like a student. I still feel like a student. And I think that's kind of like a good thing to feel. I think that's a, it's a great quality and character trait, right? To be that perpetual student. And I'm sure that's mm -hmm. something that you you pride yourself on. I mean, I've definitely seen it with the, the work that we've been involved with together uh, through the CCA. So no, I, all mm -hmm. of that's, all that's great and fascinating. I appreciate you sharing that with us. For more insights from the Conference of Consulting Actuaries, including webinars, meetings, and community discussions and events, check out our website at www.ccactuaries.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Are you enjoying this content? Consider participating in CCA's leadership development community to continue the discussion and share insights from this podcast. You don't have to be a CCA member to join. Just reach out to CCA staff to get started.